Happy Mother's Day, Gaylord Fellowship Church. Uh, happy Mother's Day to our moms, grandmoms, and our spiritual moms. So we just want to take a second and honor Mama Lee for just the disciple Mine's maker. Small group. <laughs> yes. For, for the disciple maker that she is, for the way that she loves us. These are just some of her small group ladies that she's poured into. So thank you for just your obedience, for your love, for your service, for your heart that you model so well um, how to be followers of Christ. So we just, we thank you, we honor you, and we'd like to pray for you before you start your lesson or word. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for Mama Lee. We thank you for her heart, for her obedience. We pray right now, Father God, Lord, that you would anoint her, Father God, Lord, that her words would be filtered through your Holy Spirit, Father God, Lord. We pray that hearts would receive and ears would be open to the message that she has, Lord. We pray that you would increase and she would decrease, Lord. We pray all these things in the precious, holy, sweet name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> I love these ladies. Thank you so much. <laughs> One of them told me they were going to be out of town. <laughs> oh, goodness. This morning, we're going to look at three questions. Does Jesus Christ heal today? Is healing for the church today? Did healing end with the time of the apostles? And what does the word of God inform us about that subject today? Because we've all been to the ER and sat for hours and we see the people and we're broken and they're broken and confused and scared and everybody's wondering the same thing. Why me? Why now? Well, we're going to look at the Word of God today. We're in Matthew chapter 4. You can go ahead and open up the Word to Matthew chapter 4. We've been going through uh, every chapter, and we're going to be addressing these questions today. And I want you to be thinking about those three questions as we let the Word of God inform us. And I want you to answer this question right now in your mind. What are you expecting Lord God, we just thank you for your word once again. We thank you, Lord, that you anoint your word. And we thank you for the name of Jesus above every other name. God, would you open up our ears to hear what you would say to us? Would you break down barriers in our heart and let us receive the word that is able to save our souls? In Jesus' name, amen. What are you expecting? I can tell you what I was expecting. I was expecting the big hill country snow extravaganza. Their ads were popping up all over my social media. Snow, bobsleds, reindeer. And I bit and I bought. I was so excited. I called my mom, mom, snow, reindeer. And she bought. Well, the night of the event, drove all the way out there and piled all the kids out of our 18-passenger van. And I'm handing them their coats, every one of them giving them their coats and their gloves and got scarves and please wear a hat. And I'm like, you'll thank me later. Trust me, I know. You touch snow and before long you'll be crying. Your fingers will be frozen. You need these gloves. Just carry them. And I'm like, you know, okay. You know, my first clue, my first clue was that the minivan that pulled up next to us, their family piled out in shorts and tank top, yeah, on this mild 70s South Texas December. 
get up to the ticket window. Where's the snow? And she looks at us in our coats and she says, it's not real snow, you know, it's bubbles. Oh, <laughs> well, that's a big disappointment. That wasn't what I was expecting. But that's okay. If you're a mom, you know this next scenario pretty well. You're now the pack mule, right? And I told them to bring their coats, so here we go. Now I'm carrying all the coats now and all the gloves and all the mittens and got it all in my, my side pack. And I'm like walking through the park, watching my kids play in the bubbles. But that's okay because it's all about mindset, right? So the next thing I was most excited about was the reindeer barn. It was on the ad, reindeer barn. And there were signs in the park pointing, reindeer barn in the back, reindeer barn, take a ride, reindeer barn. Oh my goodness, I was so excited. I even had baby carrots in my, my satchel because I have never seen a reindeer. And I was so excited to see reindeer. And if we could get to feed them, I was prepared, right? There was no reindeer barn. Eight tiny reindeer plywood cutouts. Well, that's not what I was expecting. And I couldn't believe the money I had just spent for my kids to play in soap and get their pictures taken in front of plywood. Thank goodness. Expectations. It's all right. They're what keep us moving forward in life, right? We're expecting the next big sale pin our hope on that. Or we're expecting a raise. We're expecting a baby. Maybe we're expecting our teenagers to clean their room. <laughs> you know, we're human beings and we tend to pin our hopes on the very next something. Expectations surrounded the coming of the Messiah too. They're called prophecies. For example, there was an expectation for where Jesus should be born. Check. And there was an expectation for where he would live and where he would grow up. Check, check. And there was these expectations of things that the Messiah would do that would mark him as the Messiah. Isaiah, the prophet, he lists these things. He says, the eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. The lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. And Jesus did not disappoint. Jesus fulfilled and checked off all of those expectations. As a matter of fact, Matthew outlines that for us in our text. Chapter 4 of Matthew. Matthew's in the New Testament, first book. 4.23, it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. You know, you read this passage and you can very easily see that Matthew's world was very broken, much like ours is today. And although he doesn't list names here, in the rest of the book, we're going to see how Jesus does fulfill those prophecies, how lepers do get healed and the blind eyes are opened and the deaf ears hear. 
because that is exactly what the Messiah was expected to do. Matthew tells us that people came from as far as Syria, which was well, well way north and well out of the way of religious community. In other words, they knew nothing about God. They weren't even seeking God. Pagan is all get, all get out. Yet they heard that Jesus was moving and they made their way to him because anyone could approach Jesus with their needs. Anyone can approach Jesus with their needs. Jesus is approachable. People like the leper, Lord, if you're willing, if you're willing, would you make me clean? I'm willing. People like Jairus, Lord, my daughter is sick at home and we don't think she's going to make it. Will you come? I'll come. People like the woman with the issue of blood. Do you remember her? She'd been diagnosed with a hopeless condition and she was desperate. She was physically destitute. The Bible called this an issue of blood, which means she had been hemorrhaging for 12 years. And in that culture, that would make her unclean and she'd be unable to have any physical contact with anybody. Anything she touched and anyone who touched her or she touched became unclean. So she becomes this outcast living alone. So just think about what it might have been like for this woman. When her childhood friends grew up and got married, she couldn't go to the celebration and celebrate with the bride because she was unclean. And when her friends started having babies, she couldn't hold them and celebrate in that moment because she was unclean. Go to the market? Nope. Not the way that her friends could go. What about going to worship? Y'all, she hadn't been to a worship service in 12 years. You know, some of you haven't been to a worship service in 12 months, and you know that's too long. But could you imagine 12 years her misery. The safest place for her was in her house because at least in her house, she could avoid the whispers of the community where everybody knew about everybody's business. And although this woman's issue wasn't something that you could see on the outside, what was going on on the inside of her kept her from having any kind of real life. And it was lonely. And it's own kind of darkness. On the outside, she looked like everybody else. But on the inside, there was this issue that kept her separated from others. Twelve years is a long time to have an issue. Can anybody relate? You know, these issues might not be physical for you or for me, but there's issues like this woman, she had something toxic that was leaking outside of her nonstop. Hidden things can be the most deadly. When we have toxic things leaking from us, from past experiences, past hurts or disappointments, Depression that no one can see, anxiety, and we might be afraid to approach people with our toxic stuff, or people might be afraid to approach us because of our toxic stuff, but you can approach Jesus with your issues. 
Not only was this woman physically destitute, she was also financially depleted. The word tells us that she had spent everything she had. So she was probably a wealthy woman, but she spent everything she had. And instead of getting better, the word says she only grew worse. Doctor after doctor. I'm, I imagine she tried every latest fad, every pill, every herb that would be given to her, every trick in the book. Her doctors would have been up on the latest journal of ancient medicine, which was peer-reviewed and produced and published by the Talmud, which is ancient writings outside of the Bible. And what were the going remedies? Would you like to hear what this woman would have been subjected to? The remedies in her day for her issue was Take three pints of Persian onions, okay? Boil them in wine and give it to her to drink and say, arise from thy flux. All right? Herbs, wine, and the power of positive speaking. That'll be $100 or whatever the going rate was in ancient times. But I'm not better. My tummy hurts, but I'm not better. All right. If this does not cure her, set her in a place at a crossroads and let her hold a cup of wine in her right hand and let someone come behind her and frighten her and say, arise from thy flux. All right. Superstition, wine, and the element of surprise. <laughs> Another hundred bucks. Not any better. All right, then. And if this didn't cure her, and on and on it would go. There was a list this long of ridiculous remedies that would not only, that passed as medicine for their day, but every time she would try something and get her hopes up and put her pocketbook into her hopes, she would be met with disappointment and let down. And the also, just the degradation of this ridiculousness, then she'd have to go home and hear all the whispers as she went back into her house. And so the isolation grew. I imagine it was like a war within herself, thinking, I am the only one. Because that's the way the enemy works when we have an inside issue. He makes us think that we're the only one. You're the only one. No one understands. We do that and we say that if people only knew what was really going on on the inside, that we would be untouchable to them, and that no one would want to be around us. And it's this kind of isolation mentality that puts walls up between ourselves and others, and we become a little standoffish, and we sit in darkness, darkness of pain and bitterness and loneliness. We sit in the darkness with our issues. You can approach Jesus with your physical and emotional issues. Because darkness is not the final word. It makes me think of creation when God was involved in the dark and he was at work and he is in the dark. Darkness is always subject to God's power. The word says, back to Matthew chapter four, verse 16. I love this verse. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. And Jesus was that light. 
The light was Jesus's presence. You know, our, our small group team went to Hunt, Texas this weekend for an H300 small group training. And on Saturday morning, we were up on Cross Mountain and it was incredibly dark, like just can't see anything. But then this dramatic exchange took place as the sun started to come up and the shadows began to disappear. And what I couldn't see before, the nuances of the colors of the wildflower that became crystal clear and the sparkling of the river. You know, this verse tells us that Jesus stepped into the darkness with his message, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it was like a change began to take place over the landscape and it was like dawn breaking. And this woman, this woman who was physically destitute and financially depleted and emotionally drained, she was one of these people who was dwelling in darkness but the word says that she heard about Jesus. She heard about Jesus. Her story is in Matthew chapter 9. It says, And suddenly a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Jesus was the only one who could set her free from that kind of darkness. She thought, if I could only touch the hem of his garment... You see, she had this expectation. It was from a prophecy from Malachi that says the son of righteousness will come and there is healing in his wings. And she knew the word of God. Rabbis wore prayer shawls or cloaks and they would wear them everywhere they went. And the remarkable thing about it is that for the Hebrews, the corner of the garment, the edge of the garment is called a wing. You can kind of see that. The son of righteousness will come with healing in his wings. And she was just brave enough to take him upon his word because she said to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, there is healing in his wings. I will be made whole. Maybe she began to connect the dots about who who Jesus was by what he was doing and something rose up inside of her because faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. Maybe she thought, why not me? Why not now? And it was like light had dawned in her thinking. What did she have to do? She got out of her house and she pressed through the crowd. I could just see this, this sweet girl. She's like, excuse me. And she's pushing past people that she's not supposed to be touching, pushing past every lie that's ever been told to her, every boundary placed upon her, even pushing past the pain in her own body to get to Jesus. And when she got him, she touched him. And the bleeding in her body collided with the power of God. And there was a mighty exchange that took place. Jesus turned around and he called her daughter. 
Y'all, the maker of heaven and earth literally stopped dead in his tracks, turned around, made eye contact with her, and called her a family name. No longer will you be called reject, mistake, outcast, social nuisance, untouchable, unclean. You have my blood flowing through your veins. You are daughter. Daughter. Some of us need to know that Jesus calls us by family names. We're not so far wasted in our darkness that he doesn't turn around and look at us and call us out of darkness and put us into his marvelous light and call us sons and daughters. He calls us family and he places his identity over us. Don't let the world put its identity over you. She approached Jesus with her physical issue, her physical issue, and he did something so much greater. He said, your faith has made you whole, whole. That word has a connotation of being safe. You're safe with me. You're not going home with one part of you broken, not one part. Your body is healed, and you're not going to go home with any psychological baggage or trauma. Your mind is healed, and no longer are you a social aspect. Uh, outcast, your emotions are healed. No more loneliness. You are healed. You are whole. And your identity is restored and safe in me. You are whole, daughter. And that same Jesus who made this woman whole is healer today. He came to carry our sicknesses and our diseases. That's what the word of God said. The word says that he sent his word and he heals our diseases. There may be some of you here today who need a physical healing in your body. Why not ask? Why not you? Why not now? Why not ask? You know, sometimes we need to press through the crowd like this woman did to get to Jesus. Press through the crowd to get to Jesus. You know, your crowd might just be your thought life, the thoughts and the doubts that have so crowded your mind that you can't get to Jesus your crowd might be the thought, well, of course Jesus could heal her. He is God, after all. Jesus is fully God, and he is fully man. And as such, he showed us what we could expect to do through the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, greater things than this will you do. Did he mean it or not? Time to push through that crowd. Your crowd might be, I don't think that healing is for today. I mean, it was okay for Jesus. He was God, and he gave it to the apostles to establish the church. But now that the church is established, we no longer need healing, or it's not for today. I just want to ask you something. Who told you that? Who are you getting your information from? Because this is the word of God and there is no indication that healing stopped with the time of the apostles. Why else would Jesus say, all these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. The scripture gives no indication that healing was for only a certain time frame. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he has all authority in heaven and on earth. 
Thank you, Jesus. He is our healer. He's our healer. It's time to push through that crowd. Your crowd might be, I don't want to be disappointed. I don't want to be disappointed. Y'all, my grandson, he's two years old. He's so precious. He just has the faith of a child. He saw my friend who had an eczema outbreak, and he said, it hurt. I pray. Jesus, help Shelby. Amen. <laughs> and then he went and he toddled off and played with his monster trucks. You know, he wasn't waiting to be, he wasn't worried about being disappointed. And he wasn't waiting for some experience and he wasn't afraid of ruining God's reputation by asking. He just, as a faith of a child, he just asked because that's what he's been taught to do because that's what's in the word of God. He wasn't waiting for some experience. The prayer was the experience. Too many times we let our experiences and what we've seen define our theology, define what we know to be true about God. We let our experiences define our theology. You know, it's time to change that and let what we know about the Word of God and what God's Word says inform our experiences. Let God be true and every man a liar because the Word of God says that those who trust in the Lord will not be disappointed. Those who trust in the Lord will not be disappointed. Here's what I know. A deep trust, a true trust, what trust really is in the Lord says you're not going to be disappointed because if you ask and you're healed, we rejoice with you. And if you ask and you get a not yet, then keep seeking him in prayer and you win because you're getting closer to the heart of the Father and becoming more like Jesus Christ. But keep asking because it's what the Father has asked us to do as children is to ask the Father. And we will not be disappointed because there is coming a day when there will be no more sickness, no more pain, no more suffering, no more death. Every tear will be wiped from our eyes. We may have to wait a little longer, but the word of God says there is coming a day when our expectations will be fulfilled and we will not be disappointed. Until then, we ask because it's what the Father has asked the children to do. Ask. Ask in my name. I just want to celebrate a recent healing from, on, from someone on our staff. Y'all know sweet Libby. She's a, a missions pastor here on staff. And for over a year, she's had... Um, Frozen shoulder, I don't know the technical name of it, but just called frozen shoulder. She can lift up one hand and the other hand, she could only lift about right here. And I was with her when she was doing some of those uh, modified exercises and just watching her try and, and also the physical therapy over and over again. So badly she wanted to lift up both hands and praise the Lord. But she just did this because that's all she could do. There just was no movement. And then last month on her mission trip, she woke up in the morning to praise the Lord as she always did. And she put both hands up in the air. It was a miracle. God answered the prayer of Libby who prayed desperately. She's like, oh my goodness, I'm a double-armed worshiper. <laughs> Complete trust in him and trust in his word. And I can't help but think in that picture of what God did for Libby that he has a word here for the church. 
That he wants to show us that some of us have been so frozen in one of those three excuses that I mentioned today that we just can't get our arm up and reach out and touch the hem of his garment because we got these things that are freezing our movement. But God wants us to have both hands up in the air and be double-armed worshipers, complete trust in him. And maybe, maybe you feel like for the longest time you've had that frozen arm where you've got one foot in and one foot out and you're trying to figure out, do I go online or do I come on in? Can I just tell you, be a double-armed worshiper. Sometimes we, we, we have that frozen arm where we say, we know that Jesus can save us, but I don't know that I'm going to go as far as believe that he can heal us. Can I just say that Jesus wants you to be a double-armed worshiper? We put our hope in his name and we put our hope in his word. We may say that God did miracles before, but I'm just not going to go there with you and believe that miracles are for now. I believe the Lord wants you to know that he wants you to be a double-armed worshiper. We may say, God will do it for others, but he won't do it for me. Please do not get into that frozen arm of being disappointed. Get both arms up in the air and be a double-armed worshiper. Will everyone please stand with me? This is a very sacred moment. And we're just going to follow the instructions of the Bible. The word says, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven. Lord Jesus, you are healer. We invite you today to move among us. Your word is gone forth. Let faith rise up in our hearts as we begin to seek you right now. If you have a physical issue in your body, would you just raise your hand? I just want to see, I want to pray with you. If you have a physical issue in your body, raise your hand. Emotional issue, trauma, abuse. If you have uh, fear, anxiety, raise your hand. Now I'm going to ask you to come forward. Come forward, press through the crowd, and come to the front. Don't wait. Come on forward. We have elders and pastors and small group leaders who are going to do what the Word of God says we're to do. They're going to come behind you, and they're going to anoint you with oil and lay hands on you. And we're just going to pray the prayer of faith. Now, if you're here and you need emotional healing, come on forward. Anxieties, eating disorders, depression, get out of your seat and move forward. You know, say excuse me if you have to, but don't make excuses. Now that you're here at the front, begin to both arms up in the air. Begin to seek Jesus. If you have sin in your life, confess it to the Lord. Let's just get that out right now. Seek his forgiveness. If there's, forg if there's unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart, then go ahead and get that out right now and confess it. You know, the woman let nothing hold her back. She couldn't wait to get Jesus. And church family, let faith arise. Get your arms up in the air and begin praying for these people that are here and praying the prayer of faith. They're desperate. They're seeking the Lord. I don't know what their issues are, but they know and it is very personal. Would you please pray for them, for the Holy Spirit to move? Why not you? Why not now? Why not ask? Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, I ask that you heal now. Your word says we're to ask in faith, believing it. Nothing is impossible with you. Forgive us for our unbelief, Lord. You sent your word and you healed our sicknesses and our diseases. We have seen your work in the days of old and now we want to see it again today. We know that you forgive our sins and that you heal our bodies. Lord, we know that that's what your word says. So now I just ask that blind eyes be open.
And I pray that deaf ears will be unstopped. I pray that the muscles that are in legs will be loosed. I pray that headaches will be gone in the name of Jesus. The same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead lives and dwells in our mortal bodies and will quicken our mortal bodies. I pray against depression. Give us the courage not to stand in that any longer. I pray for autistic children that they would come forth. I pray for behavioral issues to be gone in Jesus' name. I believe you, Lord God. You sent your word and you healed our diseases. Your word says the righteous prayer, the prayer of a righteous man avails much. It does work. Your word says, heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me and I will be saved. For you are my praise. Uh, my praise, God, I just ask that you would let diabetes be gone in Jesus' name. I pray for cancers to be gone in Jesus' name. I pray for viruses to dry up in Jesus' name. God, I pray that faith would arise, God, and we would honor you in this moment, God. Your word says to ask, and we ask as little children the faith of a child, Lord God. And we know we're seeking you, Jesus. We're seeking you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, God. It is in Jesus' mighty name. Keep pressing through. He is here. He is here. Be like that woman. Be bold. Get to the edge of his garment. Get to the wings. The son of righteousness comes and there is healing in his wings. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you are healer. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you are healer.